Welcome to the Rethinking Humanity podcast, where we dive deeper into what makes us human and what causes us to thrive. I'm Lacey Delane. I'm Sonia Lorea. Hey, everybody. Uh, glad you're here to listen along with us and uh, participate in the conversation. Uh, today, we are going to be talking a little bit more about COVID-19 life, giving you the real real on COVID-19 life, uh, and also talk some more about the book To Have or To Be by Eric Fromm, and share some listener comments from our first podcast. So yay for that, Sonia. You've gotten some good feedback uh, from our first podcast episode, um, just like I have, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah. People are very excited and anxious to hear our next one. <laughs> I know. I'm so happy about it. Uh, I want to also say very quickly, uh, thank you to two people, uh, John Vass um, and Boyce the Skeptic, uh, for having me on their podcasts. Um, one of them is Unspeakable, and the other one is Mindful Skeptics. Check them out. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you to start, Lacey. How are you doing with COVID-19? Tell me oh. about your experiences. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, it's been interesting. Um, I feel like it's a roller coaster. And I feel like some days I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I can just do whatever I want, you know, <laughs> for context, I am unemployed uh, and was unemployed at the start of this. So I don't have a job that I'm reporting to do on a daily basis at this time. So sometimes it feels great and I feel liberated by the, the fact that I can just kind of direct myself uh, in my daily life. And then sometimes it's so hard, Sonia. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh my I God. Know. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? I'm, I'm a single woman and I've been alone in my apartment for more than a month now because I was already dealing with this shit before. So, I I know. Before. so yeah, I know. this has been, wow. It's a I challenge. Know. I know. Yeah. I, I woke up uh, to let the listeners know, and I shared with you an article mm -hmm. that I read um, this morning on CNN. And some of the things that, well, it stood out to me was it did talk about the challenges right now of experiencing loss and in our change in the world and not really knowing, yeah. you know, what we're going to be doing. And the interesting thing um, is I was trying to think of how I felt. And I guess the feelings would be sometimes feeling sort of just dull or uh, kind mm -hmm. of not, you know, not really having an emotion. Like uh, it's, it's a really strange time. And I know um, another challenge for me is even doing simple things. Like I might say, Oh, today I'm going to clean the closet. And then I don't even do it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I want to share that with listeners because I'm sure people are having different experiences with mm -hmm. COVID-19. Mm -hmm. But the thing that stood out to me, which is something you and I do, I will say, is to connect, connect, connect with other people. Yeah. And to be compassionate to yourself. So big. Is huge. And you know how I feel about that. So. Yeah. I think the connecting is very important right now. I mean, we have limited ways that we can do that, obviously. Um, but being able to do it uh, as much as we can in the ways that we can right now is huge to get us through this. Uh, and then compassion, self-compassion is huge. And that's actually what um, stuck out to me the most about the article that you sent me this morning. Um, it was a CNN Health article, um, and it was talking about grief and how all of us are dealing with a lot of grief right now. 
um, trying to figure out kind of the best way to deal with um, the changes that we're experiencing. And so, um, you know, one of the quotes from the article uh, that I thought was really good, um, you know, it was talking about, you know, like you said, you uh, want to clean out the closet, right? And okay. I've had my moments of like, oh, I want to read this book or I want to, I'm going to clean out, you know, go through these pictures or I'm going to change, you know, reorganize things. And then it's like, I just can't. And I like, I don't know what the deal is, but I just yeah. have no, there's no motivation on that. And so, and one of them, one of the things that I've wanted to do is like yoga or um, meditation. I've never done meditation before. And mm -hmm. like, I'm like, oh, the, I have time for that right now. Let me do it. And I'm like, not happening, okay. you know? And so this is one of the quotes from the article that I really could relate to. And it says, you know, um, we're measuring ourselves by a goal in normal times. Mm -hmm. Oh, I bought the weights. Why aren't I doing them? You know, he's talking about somebody who bought weights. Like I'm going to work out at home uh -huh. during the COVID-19. Oh, I don't get up in the morning. Why aren't I sleeping enough? Or in my case, <laughs> I don't get up till 10 a.m. Why not? Exactly. <laughs> right? me, too. me too. Oh my gosh. And so the, the, it says that would be because you're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Let those words sink in. You are in the middle of a pandemic. It is stressful and, and uncharted. Be kind to yourself. And mm -hmm. that, I mean, that's just where we're at. We, we are in a place where it's difficult to, I mean, I almost would say that this is a traumatic time that we're living in. So yeah, our bodies and our minds are like responding it's, in that way. Like things are not just easy right. to do no, like they normally no. are. Because no, it's, yeah. No, it's just like tumultuous. I was going to say, you know, because you have been outside like me is you look outside and there's this blue sky and the spring. And so it's confusing because on one hand, you're seeing the beauty of the world and nature. And the other hand, you're hit with that reality. Wow. I'm living in a different time yeah. and the things that I'm used to doing my, my normal, whatever that would be is been sort of ripped away from us. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it feels, you know, it's, it's off, it's off. And, and, and that's, that's tough. You know, it's it tough. reminds me too of a, of a truth about our mental and emotional health. If when we go through some type of pain, a loss, difficulty, um, it, it will be present in our system until we process it. Right. So we can't, we can't ignore or, or decide that we're just not going to feel upset mm -hmm. right now because this is difficult, but we just don't want to. The reality is, and this is what this article says too, that we're all experiencing grief. We're grieving the loss of so much, our daily lives, our routines, the you know, world at large, yeah. Yeah, community, being able to hug our friends, being able to see our friends in person. Uh, oh, people yeah. are losing their lives, you know, so that that kind of thing. Um, but it's it's exhausting. The grief that we're feeling is something that does drain us. And as much as we might think, oh well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm I'm stronger than that, or it's not that big of a deal, or I'm not gonna, it doesn't really affect me. It does. Why? Because you're a human being and you can't avoid it. And so yes. we have to be compassionate with ourselves right now mm -hmm. and, and realize, okay, you know what? I don't want to lift some weights. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. And I'm gonna still love myself. <laughs> no, I'm not doing yes, it. Yes, yes. 
No, you're you're a hundred percent right. And speaking of grieving, tell me and the listeners the book. I know you've quoted it before, the one about grief and loss. Oh God, that, I love this book. That that's the one, yeah. Yeah, I, I was gonna do. Here's a great example. I was gonna okay. do an Instagram live on this earlier, and I just was like, no, oh, I don't you feel like it. So there you go. There's the. But it's called How to Survive the Loss of a Love. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, not only about you know losing someone that you love, mm-hmm. but loss in general and how to how to process it, how to mm-hmm. get through it. It's a, it's awesome. Like it's like a handbook. It's more of a like look, use this whenever you're going through loss to remind yourself uh, and to keep yourself calm. Right. So um, yeah. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because I think um, our culture we struggle with loss. And I also believe that, you know, people right now, they're, they're, I mean, obviously people are having different emotions, but a question you hear a lot from people is, well, when do you think things are going to go back to normal? And mm. I always respond, I don't think they're going back to normal. <laughs> mm. It's going to be, you know? And so again, there's that, there's the loss that we're going to experience. It's true. And I've always had this thought, I wonder what you think, Sonia, like when I've transitioned to new stages in my life, and people are like, well, are you going to go back to teaching? Are you going to go back to nannying? Are you going to go back to this? And I'm like, go back? Go back? <laughs> I don't think um, in theory that's a good idea. I'm going to go forward. Go forward. <laughs> Not to say that it's a bad idea to do something you've done already again, but right, you see right. the philosophical thoughts yes. behind that. Yes, the wording, the wording of that. And and we are, you know, that's, I think, what we talked about in our first episode of this is an opportunity um, because when you do go through like a death and there's sort of like this rebirth, um, is we do have an opportunity to change some of the systems and even the thinking that we have, right. Yes. That we've all been conditioned to have. Yeah. This is that opportunity. And it's, it's not easy. It's like you're, you're talking about mm. right now. It's painful. Yes. It's not, not an easy thing. You know, we sure. want to stay in our comfort zone, but mm-hmm. we're being forced to not stay in the comfort zone. Yeah, quite frankly, you know, we're the we're good doing thing, something different. <laughs> the good thing about that, though, is you know, the only place where growth happens is not in the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. you you don't grow typically when you're in the comfortable place. So that's the good thing uh, about being where we are. And no, I hope that we can do that on a global scale and on a like and on a societal scale. Um, but we can all do that on an individual scale if we want to. Sure, sure. And I think that's why we, uh, you're, you're so attracted to Fromm too, right? Because his message just resonates now. Oh um, my God. It's incredibly yeah. timely. It's incredibly timely. And I can't believe how timely it is now and how, when it was, you know, that mm-hmm. he wrote, that he wrote these things. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. We want to talk a little bit about that. Um, so yeah, Sonia, going back to from, um, mm-hmm. to have, or to be, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on this book so far. Um, this is the first time you've read this book, right? Yes, it is. Um, and the interesting thing that I'll share is that, you know, because you opened me up to from, I ended up getting other books of his, which I'll, you know, talk a little bit about tonight. But um, mm-hmm. what I was going to say is I, I would recommend anybody who's reading from, I mean, you can read the chapters or a page over and over every, like every sentence. Mm-hmm. I want to highlight everything because, he, <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. True. I mean, the more that 
the more that I read, the more I go back, like I can just reread it. And he also, um, I know for people that are interested in philosophy and psychology and sociology, all those subjects he touches upon. Yeah. That's what's amazing. It is amazing. It's just unbelievable. But um, yeah, back to what the, you know, the, the first part of this, the introduction, I know that we looked at, I think the thing that stood out to me, well, so many things have stood out to me, but I will quote one part of his, uh, this chapter that I really love. It says, economic behavior mm-hmm. became separate from ethics and human values. Mm. Indeed, the economic machine was supposed to be an autonomous, autonomous entity independent of human needs and human will. And he's discussing, um, this is 18th century capitalism when it underwent a radical change. And mm-hmm. so what stood out to me is how economic behavior now becomes separate from ethics and human values, mm-hmm. which is what we're living right now. Mm-hmm. We're not looking at our human needs mm-hmm. and, and we're seeing what the problems are by living that way that I think you addressed too when we talked about profit. So yeah. that that really stood out to me. Uh, basically that what was good for the growth of the system mm-hmm. or even for a single corporation was also good for the people. That was very conflicting because that was an assumption that was being made. All right. And that's, that's the fallacy I think that we're living in right now. Yes. Uh, there's a disconnect that what's good for the system is also good for man. We're not seeing the evidence of that. No. We're not seeing that at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, the, the introduction he talks about how uh, basically how we got where we're at today. And it's, it's a very nice preface to what the book is about, which is the different modes of being, which it's either, you know, the having mode or the being mode of existence is what he calls it. And Mm -hmm. so he talks about the great promise of unlimited progress, which is like, okay, the promise that we're going to dominate nature, we're going to have material abundance, we're going to have the greatest happiness for the greatest number of people. And everybody's just going to be able to have as much as they want. And they're going to be able to do whatever they want, whenever they want to. And that has been something that has sustained everyone's hopes and faith since the beginning of the industrial age. And he talks about how uh, that went awry. And that was this promise. Mm -hmm it was not able to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And he talked about um, why has that not been able to be fulfilled? Um, well, basically that was the great promise he says was based on two major psychological premises. One, which is radical hedonism or the maximum pleasure for each person, which we kind of talked on, talked about just a second ago. And then egotism and selfishness and greed. Mm -hmm. The idea that if we live like that, that's going to lead us to harmony and peace. And so he talks about that, the failure Mm -hmm. uh, that comes from that. Um, you know, this is another thing that I would say. He he says he talks about how different that is from what the great masters like Jesus and the Buddha, Buddha. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that what they say, which uh, they were concerned. He says the essential element in the great masters' thinking is the distinction uh, between those needs that are only subjectively felt and whose satisfaction leads to momentary pleasure. And those needs that are rooted in human nature and whose realization is conducive to human growth and produces eudaimonia or well-being. 
In other words, they were concerned with the distinction between purely subjectively felt needs and objectively valid needs. And what, what you know, the difference between a real need, mm -hmm. uh, an objectively valid need and this like, oh, I just want to, you know, do this right now. And that's just what I want to do. And I'm just going to do it. And it doesn't matter if it produces well-being for me and my own soul. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, when you were saying that, the part also that I liked was where um, it says societies in which egotism, selfishness and greed did not exist were supposed to be primitive. Yeah, but it's like I love that because right mm -hmm. because that he's claiming is we're getting away from you know nature having is that we're our relation to nature then became deeply mm -hmm. hostile and mm -hmm. isn't that crazy because that's what we're experiencing. That we're not we're not one with nature. That's for sure. I mean, well, yeah, in this modern world that there's evidence of this. Right, feels like we don't. Uh, appreciate nature in a way that um, is evident when you don't when you 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 don't take advantage of it, right? So what I think is missing is the reality that we are gonna eventually pay for that. There's yeah. gonna be a cost. Sure. It's not gonna be right. You know, we're not feeling it right this second. Um, but but you know, some people would say that that could be a part of why we're experiencing, you know, COVID nineteen. Even yes, I would argue. I would argue that because what we know is that man, through our greed, we have gone in and we've destroyed a lot of ecosystems, like the Amazon, and as you're mm -hmm. saying, the oceans. The list is endless. So we we know this. So mm -hmm. all that is affecting the planet, mm -hmm. and you know, I don't think that's a far stretch to say that we are as human beings disturbing, you know, nature. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we are, we don't even think about how we're disturbing nature. It's not even, I mean, on a daily basis, do you get up and think, oh, well, I don't think I'll drive today because it's going to harm the environment. Sure. Nobody does that. No. <laughs> and, then, and then it all goes back to the work thing that we talked about. People are saying, well, I have to make an income. I have to pay for food or shelter. So they're mm -hmm. forced into the labor to do the things like you're saying, like drive their car on the freeway and <laughs> they yeah. can't worry about, am I polluting or am, you know, is the company, um, this company I'm working for like polluting the environment? No, it's this, mm -hmm the survival instinct, but society, we've created that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we, we built a system which is okay with that, value right. that. Yeah, and, and yeah. That's, what, that's what I love about Fromm is he's talking about changing our, you know, the social system, changing, yes. this, you know? And that's, yes. that's what we're talking about here, so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah, so, um, you know, the introduction he kind of like lays out uh, at the end, the need for us to change the way we are living and the the way what our values are. And his argument is that the first thing that's needed is a change to the human heart um, mm -hmm. and uh, the orientation of of man. Sonia, your thoughts on that? Do you agree? Do you think that the only way we can avoid the impending uh, disasters or the impending negativity and difficulty that will come from continuing in this system. Do you think the only way is change in the human heart? Um, 
Well, I would say, yeah, that's a really lofty goal to change the human heart. <laughs> but I would also agree with that love is the highest um, you know, point that we're trying to reach. And to do that, how, how does one get, how does one achieve that change? Mm -hmm. This is where I believe like society, we have to have systems in place that support behaviors that perhaps people have to start behaving in a way then to have that change happen. So to me, the challenge is how do we change? How do we create that change? And how do you, you know, how do you know yes. that the heart has changed? Correct? Well, you know, I actually wrote this down somewhere and I can't yeah. find what I wrote down right now, but I wrote that I, this is one thing that I actually disagree with him on because I'm like, look, that, like you said, is <laughs> quite a, a, a thing to try to want to do, like change right. the human heart. Yeah. I don't think that's possible. I don't think that's realistic. Um, mm -hmm. Well, it's possible, but I don't think it's realistic. What I do think, though, is if we change the values of our system mm -hmm. and we change some incentives, I think we can get where we need to go. And so that's the that's a disconnect that I have mm -hmm. from him. And there's a couple of places where I disagree with him, you know, over things that he's written. But uh, but that is definitely something that I think we could do and still achieve the same goal. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to talk about something as deep as that, that might be generations too, right? It might not happen now, you know, mm -hmm. but to work towards, to work towards that, I would say is something to aspire to. But I agree with you, It'd be very, very difficult to achieve that. Right, um, right. Yeah. So, uh, I think the goal for all for all of us and for from um, and for many of us is that well-being. The you know some people would call it happiness, some people would call it the eudaimonia, like he says mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. book. Um, but happiness is something that I think you know if you ask people what do they want in their life, they say, "Hey, I want to be want to be happy." Happy, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, yeah, that's true, and it's such a it's sort of subjective, right? Um, what that is. And I think what we're learning is that happiness does not necessarily equal a job or the paycheck. And mm -hmm. it's like you're saying more about well-being. Mm -hmm. And also I think uh, people need a sense of purpose. And I think there that it's been tied that with happiness comes or with that well-being is you need to feel as if I believe you're contributing to society. And I think Frome would, you know, talks about it. I was going to bring up the, um, the other book that I started reading of his called man for himself. He yeah. talks about, uh, life as an art, which is really Ooh. interesting to me. You know, Ooh. he said, man is both the artist and the object of his art. And then, um, I'll just read the quote real quick. It's sure. modern society in spite of all the emphasis it puts upon happiness, individuality, and self-interest, has taught man to feel that not his happiness is the aim of life, but the fulfillment of his duty to work or his success. Oh, money, Yeah, money, prestige, and power have become his incentives and ends. He acts under the illusion that his actions benefit his self-interest, though he actually serves everything else but the interests of his real self. Wow. Everything is important to him except his life and the art of living. He is for everything except for himself. 
Okay. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I love this guy. Um, yeah. Wow, he is for everything except for himself. He thinks he's for himself, right? But he's not. You know, he's he's running around chasing things that society culture tells us. Hey, you got to do that. You got to do that. But what are the things that we need as human beings to thrive? Right? We we talked about it this week. Um, mm -hmm. Or I, I sent it to you in a voice message. It's like, we need variety. I can't stay in my apartment all day long. We oh, yeah. need uh, also human connection. Human connection. Definitely. We can't. And the pace of life in Western society, even when he wrote this stuff in the 50s, 60s, 70s, mm -hmm. but certainly today, is not one that, uh, that has the capacity to... Um, to engender that type of uh, human connection. It's just, we're going from one thing to the next thing and we're home, we cook dinner and poof, before you know it, it's over. And we just do it all over again. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, that really, that really just touched me to say that, you know, art is looking at life as an art. And I think we, we lose that. We lose that when we're on this uh, treadmill, like you said earlier, and we're just going. Mm -hmm. And going and going, and it's more of doing. We're yeah. not really doing, right? We're we're just right. in this constant sort of cycle. And to break that, it's going to take. Um, it's going to take us actually. I think pausing, stopping, thinking, having an awareness, and starting to make different choices, right? And they yeah. could be small ones, but we have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I know that this time has made us pause, obviously. Oh my gosh, has it ever. And that's a good thing. I mean, you don't, you can't uh, change a system without having time to realize what the, what, what changes you might need. Right. So hopefully that's, you know, what's coming out of this. Oh, I wanted to talk a little bit about happiness too. I'm reading this book. Uh, it's called The Little Book of you say it Luca is how you oh, say yeah. it um, and this is by Mike Wiking and this guy is a CEO of the Happiness Research Institute in Copenhagen which is cool um, so I just want to read one thing out of here and uh, see if we could discuss it here awesome. so this is kind of funny if money and happiness were to describe their relationship on Facebook <laughs> it would read it's complicated <laughs> I love that. So he says there is a correlation between income and happiness. However, it is important to emphasize that the connection is likely to be the fact that with that being without money is a cause of unhappiness more so than the opposite. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. was, I thought this was really interesting. He says, like most things, the more we have of something, the less happiness we derive from it. For example, the first slice of a cake, awesome. <laughs> the fifth slice, not as good. <laughs> Economists call this the law of diminishing marginal utility. Mm -hmm. That is one of the reasons why some countries and people get richer, but not happier. Another reason is that we adapt to new levels of wealth. In happiness research, we call this the hedonic treadmill. Know it well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, we do, don't we? Uh, I think it's funny though. Like it's complicated the relationship between money and happiness. Right, it is. It, it is. is. And the idea of uh, 
the more we have of something, the less we derive from it. It, it just kind of reminds me of the consumerism in our country and, mm -hmm. and the West, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. Like you buy something, woohoo, you feel really good for a second. And then it's like, it because you're like, yeah, that's great. And then you go, eh, it's not that cool anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it just loses that flavor or the excitement. Right. Pretty and, quickly. Yeah. And then you need something else. No, you know? no, no. I agree. And exactly what you read, I, I know some of those studies that say, obviously, people need a certain degree of, um, you know, income for housing and for food. But right. once you go beyond that, they do find that the happiness starts to go, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't follow with your income, which right. I think goes back to, again, what is our well-being and, and what is our purpose? And is it just to acquire and acquire and acquire? Mm -hmm. and, and it's known that, I think I mentioned this to you today, that when people in their last moments of life, they're not saying, wow, I wish I would have worked harder. I wish I would have gone to uh, the store more and bought more stuff. <laughs> right. No, they want, you know, you want experiences, you want connection. Yeah. You want to be part of, of, of something more than yourself. I think that again, that, that sense of uh, the art of living, like finding purpose and finding meaning mm -hmm. in your, in your life. And I, I believe, you know, that brings us closer to that well-being yes. than the economic. Right. And I think we're amiss if we think that the end of the day, the most important thing is something other than our well-being. Correct. Yeah. I, I mean, and again, we have the opportunity to build this thing the way we want to build it. Why wouldn't we maximize our well-being? Uh, I think it takes time to learn what the difference is between something that's just like makes you happy for a second and gives you a momentary pleasure and what is for your well-being what's ultimately good in terms of your well-being uh it's a process of maturity i think um but i think it's it's way better to be in a situation where we're we're building our lives in a way that we can foster well-being correct yeah and i think also when you bring that up is it's sort of uh you're having to learn to think differently right because socially and in our uh, Western world, we are taught that there are certain things that we're sh we should have for mm. to be happy. And so we're having to break that, break the paradigm of, you know, of the thought process that we've been um, exposed to mm -hmm. and, and we've been socialized to. Basically. Yes. Yes. Age is one of those things. Uh, I know ageism is a thing. I know people who have been discriminated against with jobs and different things because of age. And I think about past cultures and societies and how they lived. And I, I just find it hard to believe that before, you know, uh, industrialization or before, you know, in hunter gatherer times, let's mm -hmm. call it that, mm -hmm. that age was something that mattered that much. I don't even think anybody really know. Like, where did this idea of birthday and birth and how many years old you are? I definitely feel that there is a a uh, it's a cultural construct what the expectations are for you at certain ages, and that changes based on which culture you're in. You know, True. quite frankly, if you're in the West, it's you know you're 18, you're an adult. You know, mm -hmm. whatever you. 
uh, other cultures different, but um, so, yeah. And I think, um, you know, the, the cultural construct of age is like, we can just throw that out the window. I mean, I, I yeah. choose to live my life like that because I'm going to be, there are certain um, narratives that I could live by uh, as a woman, uh, you know, of my age. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. Why? Because right. I'm not going to let something outside of me no. control me. Why? No. I'm not going to no. do that. I'm going to do what I, I'm going to no. live my life in the way that brings me the most fulfillment. Sure. If that is in line with culture. No. Great. If it's not, well, I don't yeah. give a shit. That's fine. Now, whatever. No, you don't want to diminish yourself. In fact, you want to model a different way to be. And that's what, you know, each person should do. I mean, the problem is like you're saying in the social construct that we've created this uh, idea of what a person needs to be at certain ages. Mm -hmm. which is a, a completely false narrative. It's silly. And it doesn't it doesn't help it doesn't help our society. In fact, it puts people mm -hmm. in boxes, I think. So true. It does not work. So and we have to break that completely. It, well, it it leads to what Fromm talks about too, uh, automaton citizens mm -hmm. who are on autopilot. You know, they're like doing shit because that's what culture tells them they're supposed to do, right? So they're like, oh, "Okay, yeah. I'm going to get married because I'm in college and I met this guy that I like. <laughs> That's what you do. You go to college and you get married. Right. Not that I'm against people who go to college and get married if that's what they really want to do. I'm right. saying we will all be happier, all of us, when we mm -hmm. can live in a in a genuine way instead of a conditioned way. Yeah. Based on our culture. Yeah, I think that that rings true for everyone, for men, women. Um there's a lot of times people do things because of those expectations. Like you're saying, well, I've reached this. Mm -hmm. I should be doing this. I should. And there's, and, and, you, and I think we need to get rid of that word should, right? When you're describing Ooh, yourself. I don't that, like that word. That doesn't work. Yeah. I don't And I like think there's it. different, yeah, times for, I mean, each person is going to, we're all on a different path and we all have our own journey. Yes. Right? Yes. So trying to fit in that mold is so um, limiting. It is. You know what? It's such is the biggest waste of time is yeah. judging other people because why you're only hurting yourself. <laughs> you, you have these expectations of somebody that you are frustrated that you're not going to, that you're, that are not being fulfilled. Who cares? Let them do whatever they're going to do. They're yeah. going to do it. You can't control it. It's yeah. so silly. And I think I probably shared this with you that I'll share with listeners is um, I don't, I'm typically, I'm not like an, I'm not an envious person. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, where, what someone's background or financial situation or job, but the ones that I really look at and go, wow, like you said, they're doing their own thing. They're at peace. They're cool. They're just, they're doing it. They don't care about what the rest of the world is saying, you know, Yeah. it doesn't matter. And that's that part of, I think, feeling comfortable within yourself and knowing, getting mm -hmm. to know oneself, right? Yeah. Self-awareness is huge. Self -awareness, yeah. Uh, someone uh, told me one time, uh, this is something that really changed my life. He said, you are responsible for creating a life in which you are fully alive. You are. Nobody yeah. else. Nobody else's job. It's you. Because who knows you? Only <laughs> you. You know you. Right. Uh, other well, people yeah. might know you, but nobody really knows you the way that you can know yourself. So it's That's your a, responsibility to do that. And I'm like, oh, and it's, yeah. you might feel like, oh, that's, 
ominous. No, it's empowering. It's empowering. There we go. Art of living. Lacey by Lacey Delaney. Art of living. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Well, let's uh, go to, we want to share, we got some great comments from listeners. Um, and we wanted to share some of them with you because you guys loved our first episode and we love that. So, uh, yeah, Sonia, you want to read the first one? Sure. Um, Michael on Facebook said, podcast is fantastic. Keep going. Thank you, <laughs> Michael. Yay, Michael. Thank you so much. Um, Rick, one of our, our friends from our Spark group, um, said via WhatsApp, he goes, hey, I'm promoting Rethinking Humanity, Lacey and Sonia. I hope that's okay. <laughs> it totally is. Thank you very much. Okay, I'll read uh, Daniel Larson, running for U.S. Senate via Twitter. Great episode. Keep it up. Loved your discussion on the profit of the human being. People need to hear these things. You're doing great work here. Thanks, Daniel. Yay. Thank you, Daniel. We appreciate your feedback. Appreciate you listening. Uh, ben on Facebook. I love how y'all combine psychology, philosophy, sociology together in a nice little conversational package. My major in college was philosophy. So this really hits home. The quotes are amazing and really thought provoking. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> ben is someone I grew up with uh, and went to school with as a child. So dude, means a lot to me that you're listening. Thank you. And uh, he nailed it, right, Sonia? Yeah, I know. because All three of them. We're yeah. trying to get it all in. Yeah. And then uh, I'll say Alan mm -hmm. wrote, I like the first one. I found it calming to listen to. Nice. I like hearing the quotes and passages from authors. Bring more up and share more authors and books you two read. So cool because we love to read and we love to quote. Yeah, we do. We tried to do that a little bit more in this podcast. Um, so we're figuring out how it goes uh, with you know, adding in more quotes and, and different books. So yeah. Um, cool. Uh, thank you guys for listening and uh, giving us feedback. We want to invite you to continue to do that in whatever way you feel comfortable, whether it's through Twitter, whether it's through Facebook, Instagram, um, what have you. We'd love, love, love if you would send us a voice message through uh, Anchor FM. It's on the homepage where you listen to our podcast. Uh, we had one from Tyreen, which we played in our bonus content. Thank you, Tyreen. And uh, we'd love to have more. In fact, we'd love for you to share a little bit about what things you might be struggling with. Some, even a funny, like frustrating story that you have from this COVID-19 lockdown situation that we're all in together. We are going to put out some bonus content for you after this episode, and we want to add um, your stories into that, as well as we're going to share some of our audio messages, give you a little insight into our conversations that we have between us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we started this whole uh, podcast. Well, I wanted to throw out there for our next podcast, I'm going to quote something just to give the listeners an idea what we are going to be talking cool. about. Good idea. I am more the more I have. Mm. Hmm. So you have to listen next time to hear 
how we expand on that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Good. Also, I would say for next time, uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of poems uh, that are in chapter one of To Have or To Be. And uh, they kind of paint a picture of the two different modes that he talks about, the, the mode of having and the mode of being, the, the orientations that he presents in the book. So stay They're tuned. Awesome poems. Awesome poems. <laughs> yes, they are. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Stay tuned. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, it means a lot to us. All your support, all of your feedback, all of uh, the listens that we've accumulated over the first week. It's only been a week. So thank you guys so much. Uh, one other bit of exciting news we'll leave you with is that we have officially dropped to Spotify. Yay! So Yay. look for us on Spotify. Just search Rethinking Humanity. You can find us, favorite us, follow us, and you'll get notifications when we have a new episode. All the best, everyone. Stay safe out there. Bye.